the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buka Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, and praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team, for blessing us this morning and encouraging our hearts and setting the atmosphere for worship in the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles with you on today, and you should, uh, we want to invite your attention to the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. We'll begin our reading at verse 7, and once you get there, let us know you're there by saying amen and say it as loud as you can so I can hear you all the way from North Carolina and South Carolina and Texas and Guyana and Ghana and all over the world where you're listening. Uh, we want to know that you are with us on this morning. So praise God. Oh, what just another exciting day to give God glory and worship him. We're, we're really excited about that. All right. So uh, again, Malachi chapter three, uh, beginning at verse seven, familiar passage of scripture uh, that we want to read this morning as we continue uh, preaching through our series of messages entitled uh, Reprioritizing Our Lives. All right. So the word of the Lord this morning reads as follows. Yet. From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. And you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out or pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Spirit of the Lord, we thank you for this uh, privileged opportunity that we have to stand and declare your word. I am in need of your strength. I'm in need of your grace today, Lord, that you would speak clearly through my lips, uh, that my mind might be clear, uh, that my thoughts might be clear, that the very words I speak might come as the very oracle of God to speak directly into the hearts of your people. Father, I pray for those who are uh, unsaved today, who don't know you in the pardon of their sin, that today will be the day, God, that they would ask, what must I do to be saved? 
I pray for others who are in desire of edification, Lord. They, they want to grow in you. I pray you edify them through the word of God. But Father, most importantly, I pray that you would be glorified in all that transpires and all that takes place, that your name would get the most glory and all the honor and all the praise for all that transpires here today. So Lord, use me as a vessel, as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will. I need you, Jesus. Have it in your own way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. On this morning, as we dig into Malachi, Malachi, whose name means uh, my messenger uh, has his book of prophecy fall in the order of the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi writes uh, to a post-exilic Israel, Israel who has come out of exile. Uh, this is probably around 100 years after they've been released from exile uh, from the Babylonian captivity. And even though they've been released by Cyrus, um, they're still dealing with uh, Persian influence and Persian control uh, over them. And they're uh, lethargic in nature. They, they become kind of uh, maybe distant with God. Because again, you know, they've gone through this whole period of time where sort of like us, where they haven't been able to go to church. They haven't been able to fellowship with God. And things are not good. Economy's tough. Uh, you know, economically things are challenging and socially things are a little bit in disarray. And as well, again, they're still dealing with some oppression um, of the current day situations. Um, a whole lot like where we are right now. Um, but as he writes this book, he writes to rebuke the formalism uh, of Israel. Uh, he addresses uh, in the, the book uh, of his prophecy, the corruption of the priests. Uh, for the priests were, were being corrupt. They were defiling the temple of God. There was a, an abuse of the tithes and the offering. The people were uh, sinning against each other. There was divorce running rampant and they were marrying outside of the uh, of Israel and uh, just a whole lot of chaos going on in the midst of this. And the, the, he also writes to compare this group of miserly, unfaithful folks with the faithful remnant, he does a compare and contrast towards the end, comparing these miserly or cheap, uh, unfaithful people with those who are faithful in Israel. Um, apparently, during this time, uh, there's a portion of Israel who has drifted in their priority uh, of giving to the house of God because they feel like, hey, we haven't been you know, able to worship, we haven't been, um, you know, being blessed like we were normally blessed. And maybe there's a little bit of apathy about the fact that they had been in captivity and all that. And so, you know, people have pulled away and, and instead of them having, giving to God and, 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 and honoring the house of God as a priority, they've been holding it back. Um, they've been uh, being cheap about it. They've been uh, spending their money on themselves. And, you know, God had blessed them with all the resources. God had blessed them with the money. They were able to survive uh, and to, to, to still thrive, but yet they had, perhaps even in their anger or frustration with God, they had began to be cheap and, and they were just spending their money on themselves and keeping it to themselves and holding it on to for their own pleasures and doing their own thing. And so God is calling Israel in this text through the prophet uh, Malachi to... Return to him 
uh, and to reprioritize their giving life. Um, I think during our pandemic time, we've probably seen some of the same things happening. Some people are have drifted in their priority of giving to the household of God. Uh, you know, they've been sitting at home and, and you know, watching, uh, watching church online and you know, sometimes watching, sometimes not, kind of doing what they want to do, drifting away. We talked about a little bit in Bible study as well, how people have been drifting away from the fellowship and not really connecting anymore. And, you know, after such a period of time, we, we've also become lethargic in our giving and, and, and we've, you know, become cheap and selfish in, in our giving to the house of God. And as well, even as Israel, and I think this, this text becomes very relevant very, very pertinent to us even today uh, where we may find ourselves because guess what? The house of God still needs to go on. The work of the ministry still has to go on. And yet, you know, the people in Israel, they were holding back their money. They were spending it on themselves. They were doing their own thing. And some people today are maybe in that same place. But I want to talk to us from the subject matter today, reprioritizing our giving life, Re prioritizing our giving life. In this text, um, as Malachi begins to speak to the people, he starts off with a call to return. God speaking through Malachi calls to people to return. He says, look, in verse seven, he says, from the days of your fathers, you have, you've gone away from me. You, you've, you've abandoned me. You, you, you've gone away from me and from my ordinances. You've not kept them. Um, and he says, return to me. Uh, come back to me. You, you've, you've gone away from me. You've, you've drifted away from me and, and, and keeping my commandments and keeping what I had instructed you. And, and he says, look, he's calling them to, to come back. You, you've shifted your priorities away from obeying God and you've gone away. You've drifted away. You've, you've fallen off into you know, the dark space. And he says to them, hey, return to me. Listen to this. He says, return to me and I will return to you. Now, I know we read through that and we kind of blow past it, but I don't want you to miss something. In the midst of this, when the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you, it helps us to understand the Lord is making clear that when you drifted away from being faithful to me, I also pulled away from being there for you. So guess what? While you're out there holding on to the resources of God and trying to do things your own way. You're on your own. The Lord says, you, you're by yourself. I'm not with you. But if you return to me, I'll return to you. And he's calling them, return back to faithfulness. And he says, now return to you. He makes it real clear. And you, you're the one that drifted away, not me. But because you drifted away, I pulled away also. And he says, now if you return, I will return. And they ask the question as if they don't even know what, what are you talking about? They say, well, in what way? Well, what, what, what are you talking about? What, what ways shall we return? You know, how, how, how do we come back? Like as if they hadn't done anything. Now keep in mind, they're, 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 they're not being faithful to God. <laughs> they're, they're, they've withdrawn their resources of the support of the house of hold of faith. And so they, they ask this question like they, they're completely oblivious to what's happening. And they go, well, what way shall we return? And God makes it clear. He says, you've robbed me. Look at verse eight. He says, you've robbed me. Will a man rob God? He asks this rhetorical question. But yet you have. You've robbed me. But you say, in what way have, you, have I robbed you? And, and watch this. 
They he makes it clear they they robbed him. You literally robbed me. But because it's not because giving and being faithful to God is not a priority to them because their priority is not giving to the household of God. They don't even realize that they're what they're doing in essence. And and watch this. And 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 because it's not their priority, the question is, what what, what do you mean by robbery? Why is this robbery? And so God calls them. He says, look, I'm calling you to return. Return to me because you've robbed me. And, and you want to know in what ways? And God makes it real clear. You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. You've held back that, that which belonged to me. It, watch this. It's not something I was generously asking you if you would give me some of yours. No, God is saying you robbed me of what was mine. And what was mine was the tithes and the offering. And so he calls them to return to him. So there's this, first of all, this, this call in the text to return. And I, I hope you're hearing it this morning that if you've drifted in your priority from giving to, to the household of faith, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if your giving priority has shifted, I want you to hear God calling you to return to him. And when you return to him, he'll return to you. But then secondly, in this text, there's also a call out curse. There's a called out curse in verse number nine. He says, you have you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation There's a called out curse that God puts forward to Israel. He calls out a curse upon them. He says a, a curse is called out upon them because you're robbers. You've robbed God. And and, and you've you, you, you've set your giving priorities on yourself and not on me. You've, you've taken that which belongs to God. The curse comes from the fact that you have kept and used that which was God's for yourself. Watch this. Now, because, because according to Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 through 33, Leviticus says, the tithe is holy to God. The 10%, the 10% of your increase. That is of your gross increase. That is your gross. The 10%, that belongs to God. And it's holy. Watch this. He says it's holy. And you can't substitute it for anything else. In other words, you can't say, you know what? I'm not going to give, but I'm, I'm going to just give my service. No, no, it's not your service that, that, that we're talking about. We're talking about the increase. We're talking about fun, money, resources. So he's talking about, look, so the tithe is holy and you can't replace it with anything else. So you can't replace the tithe with your talent or your time. I know some people say, well, I'm not going to give the money. I'm going to give some of my time. No, 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 no. The money is God's. Okay. And when you look at it, it says like, look, you've robbed me. You've, you've committed robbery. And, and, and as a result of the robbery, You've been cursed. Now, you've been cursed because you've taken what belongs to God. Watch this. And it was holy. It's holy. It's like going into the household or the tabernacle, stealing the golden candelabras and go selling them on, online and taking the money and spending it for yourself. Or worse yet, it's like, it's like God saying, you know, here's some resources. Here's some money. Um, when the offering plate comes around, I want you to put my part in for me. And instead of you putting his part in for him, what you do is you hold it for yourself and go spend it on yourself. You're, you've robbed God. You've taken that which was holy to God. It was, it was sanctified, set apart, holy unto God. And you have taken it and used it on yourself. 
or kept it in your own household. And he says, no, as a result, you, you're stealing. You're, you're, that's, that's called stealing. And he says, you've robbed me. And as a result of your robbery, I'm calling a curse out on you. And he does that for them. He says, you've been, you, you, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even the whole nation. My God. Watch this. When I thought about this, I thought about, you know, how when, you know, when, when you were a child and your parents gave you money for Sunday school or for church, and you, you held back a little bit of it so you can buy some candy or something like that. Well, you know what? In essence, right there as a child, you were learning how to rob God because the whole amount belonged to God. The offering was given to you by your parents so you can put the whole thing in the offering plate and you held back some so you can go buy some candy. Well, there's a whole lot of people still doing that today. But they're holding back the part that belongs. God gave it to you so you can put it in the plate, so you can get it, put it into the household of God so that the ministry of God could go forward. And as a result of them not doing it, he says, I'm calling out a curse on you. You've been cursed with the curse. You are cursed with the curse and you brought the curse on the entire house of Israel. Watch this. Because what you've done, you didn't just curse yourself. You brought the curse on the whole house. So your whole household is now cursed as a result of you robbing God. And so the whole house of Israel has been cursed. The whole nation, even this whole nation has been cursed because of the because of these few that have been unfaithful. And they're cheating and robbing God because they've shifted their priority of giving to God what belongs to him. And they've been keeping it for themselves. Don't miss this point. Because this is how people are bringing curses on their own households. They're bringing curses on their own families because they refuse to honor God with what God has put in their possession. And God has says, bring it to my house. And so he calls out a curse on them. You're cursed with a curse, Israel, and the whole house is cursed. The final movement of the text comes in verses 10 and 11. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Wow. Watch this. There's a call challenge to prioritize your giving. God says, I know you've, you've, you, I, I called you to return to me. I've called you because you, you've, you've drifted away. You've shifted in your priorities from giving to the household of God. And he calls you to return. And then he says, as a result of you drifting away, there's a curse on you. I called a curse out on you. You've been cursed. But he comes back here in Malachi and he calls the nation of Israel. He calls you this morning to, to and, and challenges, causes you a challenge to reprioritize your giving. He says, I need you to come do this right. Reprioritize, rethink this thing. He says, now bring all the tithes into the house. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, watch this. He doesn't say, you know, just bring a trickle. No, bring it all to the storehouse. And this is not like an option right here. This is not like a, a suggestion. He says, no, this is like a, a command. Bring the tithe to the storehouse because the tithe belongs to God. It's holy as he is. Bring it to the house of God. Bring all of it to the house of God. Don't hold back any of it. That the resources of God that are needed in the house of God might be there that the house of God might operate. He says that there may be food in my house. That's resources. That there may be the necessities might be met in the house of God. He says, bring them to the storehouse. And then he says to them, listen, he says, now try me. 
in this. Try me now. Try me now in this. Try me now in this. Don't, you don't have to think about it. Try God now in this. And watch this. And see what he will do. Try me now in this and see if I will open up the windows of heaven and bless you with more than you have room to receive. Now, you thought if I held on to it, I would have more than enough to take care of what I needed. But God says, no, bring to me what's mine and I will then bless you with more than you have room enough to deal with. Now, here's a question. Why does this work? Why, why does this work? Because it doesn't make sense. You know, we've been taught from children, a bird in the hand is better than one in the bush. Well, that, that whole philosophy, it has nothing to do with the principle of God. But so why does this work? Why, why, does, why, is, why do we get blessed with more when we give God what belongs to him? I'm glad you asked. Well, there, there are certain principles and laws that, that operate in the world that, that we can, they're inescapable, okay? Um, let me see. There's, there's the law of, the law of, 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 law of physics, um, I believe is Newton's law number three, and it's called the law of motion. And the law of motion says to every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Well, guess what? We can't escape it. Wherever there's an action, there's an equal but opposite reaction, okay? There's, there's the law of, of gravity. The law of gravity says if you walk off a cliff, that guess what? Gravity is going to cause you to fall to the ground, okay? Um, you know, some have equated the law of gravity to, to say whatever goes up must come down. But there's some inescapable laws that, that are at, at work in the world around us, and not just in terms of physics and science, but there's the divine laws of God that are at play. There are, even as God lays out in Galatians chapter 6, he talks about the, the, the law of reaping and sowing. He says, Whatever, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Well, that's a divine principle. We can't escape that. It's a, it's a principle also that, that actually plays out in horticulture and, and in farming. He says, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. If you throw out orange seeds, you're going to get oranges. I mean, if you throw out uh, carrot seeds, you're going to grow carrots. You can't throw out carrot seeds and expect cantaloupe to grow. That's not going to happen. What you sow, that's what you're going to reap. He goes on to tell us that if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow unto God, there's blessings in the sowing unto God. But watch this. There's also the, 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 the principles and the, and the law and, the, and the, the guidance that God gave Israel as a nation under the Abrahamic promise, under the Abrahamic covenant. He says to them in the Abrahamic co covenant, if you obey me, if you, if you keep my laws and you keep my commandments, guess what he told them? He says, you're going to be blessed going out. You're going to be blessed coming in. You're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the field. You're going to be blessed. But, <clears throat> excuse me, if you disobey me, if you don't keep my commandments, if you rob me of the resources that belong to me, if you take the tithe for yourself, then you're going to be cursed. You're going to be cursed in the city. You're going to be cursed in the country. You're going to be cursed in the field. You're going to be cursed going in. You're going to be cursed going out. That's a principle you can't escape. You can't escape that eternal principle of God. God calls his people to obedience. And he says to them, look, try me and see if I won't do this for you. Do it now. And I'll open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such blessings that you will not have room enough to receive. Wow. But watch this. If you disobey. 
Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministries of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bucus Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title and broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301 627 9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.